0: guys, and welcome to the Graceland 2, or the making of the Graceland 2 podcast. I'm the director of Graceland 2, the building that Elvis never left the play.
1: And I'm the playwright, and... Oh,
0: I named her Max.
1: Yeah, guys. that's Max, and I... <laughs> <laughs> I'm Nicole, or Nico. Some people call me Nico.
0: Okay, welcome to the third episode, y'all.
1: <laughs> yeah, you should know us by now, I guess. Yeah, We I have a huge audience, but... Yeah. Anyway. Um... <laughs> Um, so yeah, some quick updates, I guess, um, some hugely exciting news. We just completed our campaign. We met our goal. So many people contributed and donated and shared and cheered us on. And we actually raised the funds that we need. We have what we need.
0: Yeah. Oddly enough, we were able to, this is the, this is my first experience, um, fundraising at all a project, or using any sort of crowdfunding, and it worked.
1: It, works. it so worked. It worked in a cool. big way. And I was thinking about this too. So the marketing that we've done for this so far is very, like, flashy, and I don't know, it's a little gaudy. It's
0: very gaudy. Like but even even the marketing <laughs> for this podcast and the colors and the things that you see branding wise, if you're listening, yeah, it's very gaudy.
1: It's gaudy. In my head, it's kind of kind of like Graceland to the museum itself, just a little gaudy. I mm. mean, he used to paint Paul, the owner, previous owner, used to paint the house pink and blue and all sorts of things. Mm. Um, but it's
0: not a gaudy show. It is
1: not a gaudy show. It's not a cheery, happy show. It's mm. a tragedy. Yeah, I was literally thinking about that just before this podcast, but it's such a different thing and when people come and see the show i hope they're not disappointed because it's not like this hot pink thing
0: it's it's just it's interesting though from a directorial standpoint because i that's kind of what one of the points of the whole thing right is that like there's fame and, and people's perception of fame and what what it is to be fame adjacent or like even not Graceland 2 but Graceland 1 which if you're from Memphis is plopped down in not what you would call a fancy neighborhood. You know, it's that it's that two-sided coin of like haves and have-nots and does God I hate what I'm about to say but like it is everything that glitters gold sort of like right. thing of yeah. the whole play. Um, yeah. So, I I kind of find that that juxtaposed marketing is part of the whole experience, but it's also confusing because it's the same color scheme as Xanadu.
1: Oh, yeah. (laughs) Which is also very, like, flashy and gaudy and all the things. But, um, you know, with the play itself, it takes place in two different time periods, which is the 1970s, which is very, I don't know, colorful and kind of gaudy. Mm. And then... The other time period is twenty fourteen, so more recent. But um, to your point about like Graceland, the original being in this neighborhood—that's like not a place you want to really be once you step outside those gates of fame. Um, yeah, seeing how fame kind of overshadows um, a culture and a society is pretty tragic. Yeah. Um. So yeah, it's these dualities i guess between the two um which is what yeah the play itself definitely talks about but Mm. i was i was thinking about this like our fundraiser seems so cheery and upbeat and i'm like oh when people come see the show i hope they're not kind of disappointed i mean Mm. there is some Mm. upbeat stuff it's not all sad but
0: it has levity y'all yeah but it's uh (laughs) a It's, it's not a musical. It's got music in it. It's a straight play. And it's, it's, it itself is a tragedy. Um, cause the story it's about is a, yeah. in real life is a tragedy. Um, yeah. it is a bluesy tragedy. We said that from the beginning. You said that from the beginning.
1: Yeah. I mean, I feel like the blues in and of itself is, it's a musical way in how to cope with the pain of life but Mm -hmm. also how to rejoice in life um it's a bit of both Mm -hmm. through a lot of repetition
0: Uh, we don't celebrate ourselves ain't nobody gonna do it for us
1: true i i guess (laughs) (laughs) Um, Um, but
0: lots of exciting updates not only did we raise enough money we overshot our our fundraising goal which incredible. is thanks to you guys, you yeah. guys, you guys. I don't know. <laughs> the The filming of this is interesting because like we'll be posting this, but it's about the audio, so I'm not like playing to camera. It's fun. You're just it's back. It's backstagey.
1: Yeah, <laughs> um, I, I'm amazed. I'm amazed at the people who shared it, who are supportive, who yeah, just are cheering us on. I don't know. It, it was kind of incredible just to see how. community i always say that but there is a a community of folks that are just wanting Mm. to support this little project and that's pretty cool
0: and the you know the i mean we're not out of like there's clearly still a pandemic going on but yeah but the post pandemic in the in the sense of like not every theater in the country is shut is shut down anymore you know there are a lot of theater lovers and theater makers that are just excited to see a thing happening again, and I always say the best part of being in the arts is the arts community, or being in theater is the theater community, and you know they—it's that family, and they always tend to come through. Yeah, it's really interesting.
1: Well, this is my first time like truly experiencing it, mm-hmm. and it's pretty awesome.
0: Yeah, <laughs> no, I mean if you want your kid to like win the like Girl Scout cookie sales person of the year, just like be in a Broadway show, you know, like the community comes through and makes that kid the winner. Yeah. <laughs> kind of thing. That's um, awesome. I guess we're the girls Scouts. In this case.
1: In this case. We've got cookies. We don't.
0: We don't have cookies. We've got a very, very sad, <laughs> sad play.
1: I don't think, I mean, it's sad, but it's got, not sad.
0: No, of course. No, I'm not making it one <laughs> note. I'm just saying funny things.
1: Um, they get me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, apart from the fundraiser. hmm we are like full speed ahead on this play.
0: Yeah. We're in the middle of casting now, which is interesting.
1: Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) it is interesting. It's, uh, I don't know. Again, I've never done this before. Mm. So I think being a complete newbie is, it adds another level or layer of fun. Mm. Um, I don't know what I don't know. So figuring out actors access and posting a breakdown and then getting all these headshots, just a flood of headshots
0: mm-hmm. and it's another representation of like the hunger that the theater community has had. Yeah. You're like, Oh, this looks like a good product or maybe it's just like it, you know, the way you describe it makes people want to be a part of it. It's an interesting project.
1: And to get on a kind of a touchy subject, I mean, to see the clear difference in numbers amongst race.
0: Oh, as far as like the submissions we're getting, are clearly, how many people are out there, you know, yeah. or have been told that they can do this, or whatever the reasons. It's like we're getting a whole lot of white man submissions.
1: Probably over. 400 white man submissions total Yeah. and then trying to find black men, black women for mm-hmm. these roles, or I should say black female identifying, black male identifying
0: True. Uh, True.
1: actors for these roles. It's the numbers don't, they hardly compare,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, which, you know, you see this and it's like, it just makes you wonder why.
0: Yeah.
1: And I'm again, being an outsider to theater, and and especially the New York theater scene, I'm like really asking why.
0: Mm. And there's a multitude of reasons that we can get into or not, but it has been interesting to see that, you know, being a performer myself and like, you know, having an actor's access account and like having been on the other end of um, like eco casts and self tapes and stuff but also having cast people sitting next to a director as a choreographer in musical things i was like oh i'm totally comfortable on this casting side of the table but then you add in the layer of actually being the casting director and you know finding out that they vetted the people before they even got to us to some extent and using the you know the actual software that is used to like go through people see people them up for the whole self-tape process, which is the thing now before you get to see people. Um, you know, like usually, there's cars going by, but our mics are pretty good, um, but you know, usually I see people for the first time in the room, or I kind of saw a headshot if I suggested that somebody come, but there's been whole like round of cuts before people even get to me, and that's, that's, it's just wild. And it takes a whole lot of organizational skills and like all the adminy stuff that goes into this. It's, you know, you you start to really be uh, grateful for other people's jobs.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, we're wearing all the hats essentially. Mm-hmm. I mean, just the two of us. Mm-hmm. Plus Matt. Matt's doing all the music. Mm-hmm. Um, we're definitely not wearing the music hat. <laughs> mm-hmm. That is him. Um, but as far as. Yeah, I mean, the fundraising, the marketing, props, costumes, casting, it mm-hmm. all lands on the two of us, um, which is, again, I, I'm finding all of it very fun, mm-hmm. and I'm, you know, learning as I'm going. Um, but casting is a particularly different uh, learning curve. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah.
0: And every director I've ever worked beside... Has said that you know seventy five percent of directing a show is the casting.
1: Yeah, no pressure.
0: So right, mm. it's like
1: find the right people and you'll have a good show. Well, no pressure. <laughs> you know when you get sent over five hundred just headshots and then you have to go through and you're like, is this my is this my Paul? Mm-hmm. And I I am also feeling. <laughs> we've been going through the submissions and the, the self tapes and I feel bad. I feel bad that the ones we're not picking to go through um, because I'm like, they've put in so much time to read this script and to do it. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. There's like a tinge of guilt there for yeah. me that I've got to just let go because mm-hmm. obviously there's only going to be one person filling that spot.
0: Yeah.
1: And it's a short run. It's a festival. So it's not like high stakes for anybody, <laughs> but it's, Mm -hmm. Still, it makes me feel like, oh, they put in so much time and effort to read my script, get into character, and film it, and submit.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, anyway. And speaking from having been on that side of the situation, that can be stressful. (laughs) Yeah. "Ah," You know, like, I'm still submitting self-tapes as I'm receiving them for this job, you know?
1: Yeah, but then also, like, really seeing that it's not if that person's talented or not. It truly is. Do they fit the character? Oh, yeah. And, yeah. That, that is mm-hmm. another layer. Because it's like, we've had some really cool and really good self-tapes, but it's not quite it. Mm-hmm. And some of it, you can't even put your your finger on it. Truly. Mm-hmm. It's just, eh, that's not Paul. Um, but Paul is a very particular...
0: He's a very specific character in yeah. real life. And we don't necessarily... You know, like any anything that has to do with uh, living people, that so you don't necessarily want to get somebody that's going to do an impression of, you know, you right. want them to find their own character. And, and our Paul's not going to be life perfect. You right. know, our Paul is a character that you wrote. It's mm-hmm. not Paul McLeod, the man that existed, but it's very much um, inspired by.
1: Uh, right. It's a fictionalized version. All of it's a fictionalized version mm-hmm. of history, so...
0: But you you know you want them to fit in there you want them to allude to you want it to you know get get close in a way yeah it's really it's really interesting it's going to be an interesting balance mm-hmm. as, especially with however these actors will approach the material once we're in a rehearsal room and how I'm going to choose to to act guide not guide um, in the directing process you know me having looked at so much footage of the real Paul and like. Expecting to hear these words in that rhythm. But, you know, people are going to bring better stuff, maybe. No, it's all going to be very interesting. Mm-hmm. what are some other exciting updates?
1: Well, there's been a lot of Elvis. <laughs>
0: it's been Elvis. I, when I, I was at lunch today and they were playing Elvis in the, in the restaurant. Yeah? Um, yeah.
1: I just feel like, yeah, there's been a lot of Elvis. And I don't even know... I think the last podcast episode we shot, I hadn't even spoken with the new Graceland 2 owner yet. Mm -hmm. Um, so Marie Underwood, after Paul passed, Marie bought Graceland 2. And she's a huge Elvis fan herself. And she's, you know, enthusiastic about the play and wanted to reach out. And our first phone call was a three hour call. Um, yeah, there's a lot to share there. It's really cool to be in contact. And now yeah. the town of Holly Springs is enthusiastic about the play. Mm-hmm. The Instagram of the tourist uh, tourism office of Holly Springs shared the Graceland 2 play. Um, On
0: Instagram, which yeah. is really cool.
1: Yeah, so there's some buzz happening in <laughs> Holly Springs and, about and this. And Marie
0: is connected to the people that we wrote or you wrote? that's No, we. I don't write. But connected to the people that you wrote this show about, like, it is in that community to some oh, extent. Oh,
1: fully. Like,
0: know knows and knew Paul and right and the the people of Holly Springs and and you know some people that actual characters were inspired by, but maybe not named. Um, yeah, like she knows these people and. Oh yeah. Get to have, you got to have a conversation with her. It's just really, it's really interesting.
1: And for this, you know, podcast at some point, I'd like to maybe interview her, interview some folks from Holly Springs that knew mm-hmm. Paul and kind of branch out a bit here. But yeah, there's, there's a lot of opportunity to see the story from even more angles. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And dig in.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's really quite exciting.
1: Yeah, it it was fascinating, um, just to hear because again, she visited Paul several times before he passed, and and then how she ended up uh, winning it at the auction is a fascinating story itself. So, yeah, I mean, we can
0: get into that episode four or something. Yeah, Ooh. there's
1: a lot. I did audio record it, I gotta say, mm. with her permission. I don't have her permission yet to share it, mm. um, but hopefully at one point.
0: Mm. No, we can just have a chat with her on here at some point. Yeah,
1: because she is coming to New York Yes. to see the play. Um, she said she's never taken an Uber before, so this will be... <laughs> It's, uh, it's
0: time to go to the big city. Yeah,
1: y'all. <laughs> it'll be fun. Don't you know,
0: ride in them Uberses. Uh-huh. See people she was actually, stuff.
1: I think, one of the first to buy a ticket. She texted me and was like, I bought a VIP ticket. I didn't even know they were for sale yet. <laughs> so,
0: yeah. That's cool. Well, tickets are for sale. Y'all.
1: They are for sale. They are
0: for sale.
1: A quick plug. Mm-hmm. You can get a VIP ticket for $45 or general admission for $25 I, I forget the exact times of the performances but we've got May 2nd which is a Monday May 6th a Friday and May 8th Mother's Day Sunday are our three performance dates so anyway all that's on Facebook and the internet yep Google or link in the bio on Instagram mm-hmm.
0: um also glass productions. Passableproductions.com.
1: Yes, we have a website. <laughs> We're getting there. We've got all the things. Um, what else did I want to talk about? I wanted to talk more about Elvis because Elvis came up in a big way this week in different ways.
0: It's really interesting too. Yeah.
1: Very interesting. So there is a a Memphian who he's an Asian American photographer. That I've loosely known um, in Memphis growing up, and kind of reconnected again in New York a few years ago. I um, I threw a Memphis in New York party, and we had all the stuff. We had Central barbecue, mm-hmm. Pontos cheese dip, Muddies uh, pies. Uh, Choose 901 swag. They sent us some stuff. Mm-hmm. It was cool. It was a big thing. We had over 50 people there and Tommy showed up. Tommy is... Uh, his, his
0: whole name? What's his whole name? Oh,
1: sorry. Whole name is Tommy Kaw. There it is. Uh, last name, K-H-A. Uh, the story is incredible. So last week, he... Oh, I should even back up further than that. So yeah? the Memphis airport opened up a new concourse, Concourse B, and they commissioned artists, local artists, um, to have works put up in this new concourse to represent the city.
0: And I've recently flown into that, that gating area, and it's quite, quite beautiful.
1: Yeah, that's what I've heard. Like, and, they
0: had nice bathrooms, and I hate airport bathrooms.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, Tommy grew up around Graceland. He grew up in Whitehaven, and... All of it, his work over the years, he's dressed up as Elvis. Mm-hmm. He likes Elvis. You kind of, as a Memphian, can't avoid Elvis. We're all, I always say, like, we're in the shadows of the Elvis culture. You can't get away from it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, Tommy has dressed up as Elvis and has been influenced by it in his work. And the piece that the airport commissioned uh, was a self-portrait of Tommy, as an Asian-American dressed up as Elvis. And it's a stunning, huge piece of work. It's massive. Um, with nice reds and teals. And it was just beautiful.
0: Mm.
1: Um, unfortunately, it got some big news last week. Mm. Uh, the airport took it down because of racist complaints by Elvis fans. And... First of all, how just disappointing that that was the response to complaints. And...
0: And that the complaints existed in the first place.
1: Well, for starters. Yeah. But, you know, there's so much to say about it. And first of all, I think art is a great tool for audiences to reflect on, think about, complain about even. Mm -hmm. But... I don't think should ever it it shouldn't be the, the pieces like it's not the piece's fault. Mm -hmm. If that is the the reaction. Right. Like, so anyway, for the airport to take it down, I think was the, the wrong move. Um, so social media took off. Mm -hmm. Everyone was, you know, uh, Complaining about the complaints, complaining about the airport's response. Uh, I even took to Instagram and Twitter and my tweet ended up on the local news along with many others. Uh, So I thought that was interesting being, you know, connected back to this Elvis culture and race relations in the South in a totally different way Mm -hmm. than my little play because those are the same themes in my play but yeah i don't know it was it was just a very surreal thing um because there's a whole different there's many types of ways that artists are expressing how elvis culture has affected them Mm -hmm. and how race does play a part in it and to be like erased or silenced Mm -hmm. it was hard to watch yeah, um, and
0: it's interesting too seeing as what a topic inside of just race relations period Elvis is, you know, that being that he used you know, black music as such a tool and and brought it to the forefront. And a lot of people, a lot of their people, oftentimes um, uh, misunderstanding people who believe him to be a great racist and somebody who was actively stealing music, but he was quite a fan of, of black culture and black music and quite taken by it and respected a lot of these elder uh, black musicians in, in the South and up and down the Mississippi River to a great extent. So to then you turn around and use his music uh, or the music that he made popular and then his image as like a tool to be angry about any other race, it's just it's just weird.
1: It is bizarre, mm-hmm. um, yeah, and it's definitely again something I had to research myself because on the surface, it does seem like Elvis appropriated. And sure, you can argue that.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, and he did, but he also appreciated.
1: Well, that's that's also my point is both happened, mm-hmm. but also he grew up in black churches so and and what I found out too he is native Mm -hmm. so it's just (laughs) having an opinion on it is difficult because Mm -hmm. it is his culture it's not I don't know it could be one in the same Mm -hmm. but also it's not it's tricky um anyway going back to Tommy Kau's piece and Having my tweet end up alongside this incredible story was, uh, it was a weird time, (laughs) to say the least. But um, what happened was it caused enough of an uproar that it ended up back into the airport. They put it back up.
0: so the piece is hanging again.
1: Which might invoke more complaints, but I hope this time around the airport will just not respond Mm. um anyway
0: yeah Tommy I've never met you but congratulations he did it yeah well he did it twice because you know it got hung in the first place you know you're representing Memphis and yourself and your culture as a Memphian and your culture as an Asian American and as an Elvis fan just on your own merit and then it got brought back again. Like, that, those are all just impressive things. So, well,
1: and also using, from what I can tell on social media, he's using this story to uplift others, which I always applaud. I think that's mm-hmm. incredible. Um, yeah. And yeah, then, yeah.
0: yes, to people that sing, send the elevator back down. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And I think on another Elvis note, Similar and less... I don't know. Elvis and race is such a fascinating and complicated topic that I don't think we'll ever have a, like, solid solution. But I like exploring it. Yeah. People Um,
0: are more than one thing. Always.
1: Always. That's one of
0: the big sort of themes in the show. Go on. I'm sorry.
1: Yeah. Well, that's what makes humans complicated. Mm -hmm. Um, Anyway... (laughs) <laughs> but more on Elvis. So, again, I've got really weird connections to Elvis in general, but Elvis in theater in particular. Um, in high school, back in 2007, we did All Shook Up the Musical.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know this musical?
0: Oh, I've heard of it, yes. You've heard of this? <laughs> Lots
1: of Elvis. Mm-hmm. I was an ensemble person, and yeah, we did the whole show in high
0: school. That's exciting.
1: It was exciting. But what's even more exciting is we found the DVD. <laughs> <laughs> so now I'm, I want to do a virtual watch party and get the, get the band back together. Get the, <laughs> you know, while we're putting up this Graceland 2 play, why not?
0: Oh, the Jacksons were in that, weren't they?
1: They were. They
0: were. That's the, okay.
1: Jess, Mo. Wild. Mm-hmm.
0: That's exciting. There's a lot of
1: good Memphis folks in this show. It's pretty cool. So yeah, anyway, that's how I know a lot of, well, I don't know. I feel like I knew Elvis songs before that show, but that definitely helped Mm. (laughs) seal the deal on Elvis.
0: (laughs) They were just in the house. We've got a copy, original press of the gold album. And you can't have it. (laughs) Mm. Yeah, my, my mom's quite a big Elvis fan. And Susie, my aunt Susie, who also donated. Thank you, and Susie. Yes, thank you. Thank you, thank you to everyone who donated. I'm still, I'm amazed. Uh huh. I'm amazed. I'm amazed.
1: I'm amazed at the support, but also what happens when you ask. Literally, the power of asking. It is so hard to ask. That's no one one wants to ask people for money. No one wants to do that. Mm -mm. It's uncomfortable. It's awkward, and there are even those moments where you're like, is, is my project even worth asking for? Like, you know, is this mm-hmm. even worth, but yes, damn it. Yes. <laughs> like, why not? That's, that's how I get to get over it mm-hmm. is, well, why not? Why not? The NBA. worst thing that can happen is being told no, which happens a lot. Yeah. Or just being met with complete silence, which I think the silence is way worse.
0: I'm than really enough. used to know I've worked, worked in theater for a very long time. <laughs> yeah.
1: But I mean, asking for money in particular is...
0: That's so awkward.
1: But I that's why I try to design this in a way that it's not just asking for money. What I really want to try to create is a sense of community and that everyone's...
0: Can take some ownership of this... Little play absolutely, they could. absolutely.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, everyone's a part of this. It's not just us, mm-hmm. which honestly is kind of a relief. Yeah. Because <laughs> not saying we like the two of us can't do it, but it's nice to look around and go, "Oh, you got our back too." Mm-hmm. Great, great.
0: Everything takes a village.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: There was, you know, before she passed. Um, I remember the, the day I debuted in Spider Man my mom wrote this long, beautiful post on Facebook about how it wasn't me going out on stage for my first Broadway performance, but it was, like, Miss Katie and Miss Deborah and Dwayne and, you know, Miss Nelson from, like, theater class. But all the teachers, all the mentors, all the people get to, like, they get to walk on with you. Mm -hmm. And, like, this is another one of those sets of circumstances where it's, like, the community comes with...
1: 100%. I'm just like, apart from the fundraiser, how many people have read, taken the time to read my drafts and give me feedback before it even was, you know, given to an actor Mm -hmm. to read out loud for the first time. That is beyond incredible to me because it is a feat to like sit down and read something and then give notes like that. Yeah. That's a... Not a small ask.
0: It's time consuming.
1: Yeah. And
0: and I got dyslexia. It's not easy.
1: <laughs> also, the amount of times I like read the whole script out loud to you for feedback. Thanks for listening.
0: <laughs> hey, my ears work.
1: Uh-huh. But yeah. It, Contrary to some belief. All those... No. <laughs> but yeah, all those little pieces of advice and feedback along the way that's what like has gotten it to this point Mm. um yeah because I'm like you can't as a like writing a play it can't live in your head forever these are characters that need to speak Mm. and which is also a trip you're like because this did live in my head and I think I've talked about this before but it's just it's bizarre to me Mm -hmm. to finally have real people speaking the words that just kind of stayed in your head.
0: Um well see last time last time we touched base with you guys and did a podcast, we had just heard a table read for the first time. Right. So we had six actors yeah. say words you you've written. Yeah. Now we have watched over a hundred. We've watched hundreds yeah. of videos of people we've never met before in different rooms in the world say your words. Yeah. That's that's crazy. And
1: even still I'm like, I could edit that. <laughs> so I'm saying, like, learning, too. That, like, sure, I wrote the first draft in a month as a challenge to myself. I'm like, just get the words down, and we'll figure it out after that. And the rewrites never end. Nope. it never ends.
0: Projects are never finished; they're only abandoned.
1: Oh, true. Is that true? Uh,
0: abandoned that's what filmmakers say. Well, this isn't a film. It's also it's the same thing. <laughs> Oh, or, but I'm like, you know, the, the show gets to a point where you freeze end. it. And then like, that's what the show is. Yeah. Like you could always keep working on it from a writing perspective, from a direction perspective, from a choreography perspective. But at some point you guys got to be like, all right, guys, just take it. Right. Cause I need to have more than one done, Yeah. <laughs> you know? And
1: we're still at such an early stage. Like it, it's going to keep getting developed and rewritten. and. just yeah, hoping. Oh yeah. Yeah. I don't. I mean, I hope, right? My hope is festival is the beginning. It's not the end. Of course. I mean, that's probably maybe naive to say, but I want to keep pushing um, for whatever's next. I don't know what that is yet. And I think that's half the fun. It's like, what's the journey? I don't know. Come along with us. We're figuring it out too.
0: Yeah. And, And it's really cool the things we're getting to learn in the process of. Like I... I will always understand the casting process that I'm either being looked at as a performer or more more often as a choreographer director, I'll understand that process better now because I've had to wear those shoes. Mm-hmm. You know, I've got blue
1: suede. Yeah. I've got blue suede shoes in that closet <laughs> there for opening night. Um but
0: That's also um like this is this is a podcast you're listening to, y'all, and this is ours. Yeah. I produced this. And I had to figure out how to, you know, get this on, you know, Apple Podcasts. Get this on Spotify. Like, yeah, a, I, well, thats a big deal to me because I listen to podcasts all the time. You do, and
1: doing the dishes, he's listening to a podcast. Wake or watching up.
0: cartoons. Listen to a podcast. Yep. I mm-hmm. run. I listen to podcasts. Listen to podcasts the at the gym. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's like. You know, it's like hearing your song on the radio. Like, you know, via yeah. this pro- project, I've, like we're developing new things, new skills, getting to experience new stuff. And mm-hmm. it's just, it's, it's really uh, world broadening. That's the term I'm going to use.
1: Yeah. But it's also just throwing yourself in, mm-hmm. learning as you're going. And just, I mean, we don't have, the, the thing is, the fact is, we don't have time. Nope. Like, we've got a little over a month. Yeah. And so if it doesn't get done now, it's just not going to get done. So we got to just do it.
0: Yeah. I've, I'm behind.
1: There's a lot to do. I know
0: I'm behind. I can feel behind. I feel very behind.
1: I mean. But we're going to get there. It's just not feeling like that, just doing
0: it. Yeah. So <laughs> Just like Seth Godin says on his podcast, merely do the work. Yeah. Boom. We'll, we'll do that also I just want to say thank you publicly to Matt because like right right before we decided to start recording j- this just now we received two new drafts of songs um, on our computer and they were beautiful mm-hmm. so can Matt, you
1: tell us any more about those drafts or what he's working on right now?
0: Um, yeah let's let's see. so um, like many plays this play will have, music that's used to aid in the establishing of a scene or scene changes or to set mood for where you are. Um, but we are trying to do that from an almost completely original basis. like the new things are being composed and they're um, very, very, very bluesy. Um, and so Matt is creating you know original orchestrations, for those purposes, um, as well as sort of new arrangements or arrangements that are even older feeling than the Elvis arrangements um, of songs that are in public domain so that we can use them. Um, but uh, we
1: triple check that one. Yes. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but you know, making these versions of things that ended up being sung by Elvis that would also be sung in the black community and that are older pieces of, of music, um, to be actually played by, uh, the Dwight character who has a guitar and yeah, he's, uh, so he's creating two drafts of songs that you've probably heard before sung by Elvis, but this has a different spin to it. Um, as well as many, many, um, new compositions for tone setting. Um, The hope is to do a lot more and to get a little bit more specific with these compositions as far as like making sure characters have themes and how we can carry it through sonically through the whole play. We're only going to get to do a fraction of that for the festival because of time and financial constraints, but he's still doing a great job. Um, So we're sort of setting it up in a way where from a music perspective, because for the play you wrote, music is a whole nother Character. Yeah, um, we're setting up a world where the first act is very much blues, and the second act is very much gospel, and those 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 types of music, those souls, those come from the same place, and they're very similar, but they're not the same. Right. Um, and from a writing perspective, that's how the story feels too. You know, very bluesy to start here, end up very gospelly to start here. Um, and I'll I'll let you guys kind of infer what you will at this point of, like, what that means practically with what's happening story-wise um, throughout those beats. But um, it's fun to build that world.
1: Cool. I'm just, I'm stoked that we're here. We got a lot to yeah. do, but we've made it so far so good.
0: Yeah. Yeah. We're doing all right. Yeah. We're- we're doing all right, kid. We're doing all right.
1: Uh-huh. And just so much Elvis.
0: So much Elvis.
1: So much Elvis. i get me
0: some Elvis shirts. Um,
1: some of the props include an Elvis cardboard cutout. So we're going to have that in our apartment floating around. Probably
0: um, forever after
1: this. Yeah. I mean, mm. we don't have a storage <laughs> space or anything. It's just going to be here.
0: It's going um, to be in that corner.
1: Yeah. It's going to be a lot of fun props that we have to get.
0: Yeah. This will be fun. It's all going to be fun.
1: Elvis wigs and a gold jacket.
0: A karaoke microphone. Uh huh. A bunch of brown bags. Barbecue bags. Barbecue Fla- flower bags. bags.
1: Yeah. Lots of different things, but I think my favorite is the Elvis cardboard cutout. Surprisingly, Amazon has like a few options. Oh great! Yeah,
0: so we might get a couple. Thanks, oh, Jeff. <laughs> anyway,
1: <laughs> all right. Anyway,
0: well, on on that, a couple things before we go. I about
1: to wrap. Okay, um,
0: is just another giant, giant thank you to everybody that supported. Let that be sharing on your platforms, um, or telling a friend, or or donating. Um, we are incredibly, incredibly grateful and humbled, and amazed, and just a big thank you. Um, also, uh, hit us up on the Instagram. if On um, the Instagram. Not that old. <laughs> hit us up on Instagram. Um, on the
1: Facebook. Oh. If
0: you have your own Graceland to stories, because maybe we can find a way to get you on the podcast as well. Yes,
1: please DM yeah. us. I've DM'd a few people that have already shared some of their stories on instagram
0: mm-hmm.
1: um yeah i want to interview some of them
0: yeah that could be that could be fun um yeah. and yeah you know i'm who knows how long this pod last pod last <laughs> podcast will be around <laughs> but while we're doing this to try and like raise awareness for the show share the podcast you know there's a link um you also got like the star system give us like a a like or a review, it helps. Oh my
1: gosh. Yeah, it sounds like one of those influencer people. Um,
0: nah, I guess we, we Like,
1: subscribe, comment yeah. down below.
0: But all those I things, think. you know, when people review the podcast, it helps the algorithms. So okay. there it is.
1: I'm not, I don't really know much yeah, about yeah. the podcast world, but so. if it's anything like the YouTube. <laughs>
0: <laughs> anyway. Um, yeah. So help us out there. Um, so we can just sort of raise awareness and we'll, we'll see where this thing goes and thank you guys for being a part of this journey and for listening for us, to us, ramble about it. I feel Um, like we
1: kind of rambled this time. There's been a lot of different topics.
0: Yeah. I think our upcoming, not I think, I know because we're planning them. The upcoming episodes are going to be, um, a little bit more topic driven, but we just wanted to give you guys a good little update and... Puts something else up there. Also, something I've noticed, that when we say Graceland, we say Graceland. And then when people up here read it on the show or on the internet, they say Graceland.
1: Really? But we're
0: from Memphis, so we say Graceland.
1: I have not like noticed Grace, that. Like Grace,
0: L-E-N, Graceland.
1: Yeah, you say it like Graceland.
0: Yeah, you say it like, like Graceland. Glenn. But like when, like, you know, our, our friends down the street, that couple... Um, they say Graceland. Graceland.
1: Like a proper
0: It's where it's I mean that's I guess that's how it's spelled, but it's Graceland. I look I knew how to say these words before I knew how to spell. Right. Yeah. Like,
1: no, no one's no one says the full word.
0: Graceland. I, think I don't think Elvis even said the full word. It's Graceland.
1: Word. Yeah.
0: Anyway. Thank you guys.
1: That's so random.
0: And we'll, <laughs> and we'll catch you guys next time on the making of Graceland to the building that uh, was never left, the podcast.
1: The podcast. Thanks for listening to us ramble.